Are you wrestling with questions that really matter but just keep coming up empty or perplexed? Well, you've come to the right place. Christian Research Institute President Hank Hanegraaff, host of the Bible Answer Man broadcast, is committed to equipping you with answers that have stood the test of time. Our aim is to help you mine the Bible for all its wealth, so you can share those riches with a skeptical world still hungry for spiritual truth. To join us on air with your question, dial 888-ASK-HANK, which translates to 888-275-4265. For more information, go online to equip.org. And now, here's Hank Hanegraaff. Thank you very much, Randy. And do remember, as always, that you can contact us via the mail at Box 8500, Charlotte, North Carolina, zip code 28271. And when you go to the web at equip.org, remember the Hank Unplugged podcast. We have a brand new edition. Uh, It is my interview with Jackie Hill Perry. She's the author of our Resource of the Month, Gay Girl, Good God. She is an incredibly gifted writer, poet, artist, and as you'll see by the podcast, a gifted communicator of biblical truth. She's also the author of one of my favorite books, the book I just now mentioned, and she discusses her journey in that book and in the podcast out of a homosexual lifestyle, offering a much-needed testimony for a time when society has embraced radical changes to traditional views of sexual identity. Jackie Hill Perry didn't write Gay Girl, Good God to merely point out the mistakes of her past, but rather the shine, the light on the power of a relationship with God while helping people to understand the realities of same-sex attraction. This is truly a can't-miss conversation. Again, the Hank Unplugged podcast, available wherever podcasts are offered, as well as on the web at equip.org. The number to dial, triple eight, ask Hank, numerically, triple eight two seven five forty two sixty five. Let's go to Charles. In Nashville, Tennessee, listing on WPLN. Hi, Charles. Yes, uh, good evening, Hank. Good evening. Um, I've, uh, I've, I've been blessed by your ministry for going on 40 years now. Oh, wow. And I really I love you and your ministry. Uh, I have what I think is an interesting question. Uh, referring to Genesis 3.15, uh, there's a, uh, there's an online Bible, Catholic, uh, very popular Bible teacher that teaches that it's not Jesus that shall bruise, uh, Satan's head, but it, it, it shall be, uh, Virgin Mary. Uh, he says nowhere in scripture does it mention Jesus confronting an evil entity physically. Well, he's dead wrong. I mean, the text is that famed text that says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall be on guard for his heel. Now, in context, the woman's seed is first and foremost Jesus Christ. And then, of course, secondly, 
the church that Jesus Christ bought with his own blood. In terms of the serpent seed, well, those are those who reject Jesus Christ and follow the devil. So Christ is the one who destroyed the devil through the cross. And that is not only explicitly stated in the Word of God, but it is a theological deduction that you can grasp by understanding the whole of Scripture in context as well. Right. I, I think it's curious that the James Version says, it shall bruise thy head. Yeah, well, no, this is, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed, he shall bruise your head. And again, if you read Scripture in light of Scripture, and if you put the magnifying glass to interpret a passage like this in the hands of the New Testament authors, you can only come up with one conclusion, and that is Jesus through the cross undid the work that Satan did in the garden. So, so, so Satan has already been defeated. Satan has been defeated, yes. But the ultimate defeat will come in the consummation of history. So there will be a time when Jesus appears a second time, and then he will put an end to sin, to Satan, and we will be resurrected immortal, imperishable, incorruptible, and uh, the advent of the new heavens and the new earth will become a reality. You got it. Well, Thank. Hank, I appreciate, appreciate you taking my, my question, and uh, I hope you're doing well. I'm doing great. Thank you are. Yes. Thank you so much, Charles. Appreciate your call and your comments. Uh, let, let me say something just to expand on this. You know, Moses is using imagery. He uses imagery incredibly effectively. And in this case, the imagery of the serpent is used to depict the nations which are seeking to thwart the purposes of Almighty God. And uh, so he, he uses this imagery, they will lick dust like a snake, like, like creatures that crawl upon the ground. And Moses' original audience was intimately acquainted with the imagery of the serpent. Remember during their sojourn in the desert, the lethal venom of fiery serpents had been emblazoned upon the tablet of their consciousness. And not only so, they would ever remember the bronzed serpent that Moses lifted up in the Arabah. And as the bronze serpent was an image without venom, so the image of the invisible God who came in the appearance of sinful flesh was without sin. And thus the serpent was not just emblematic of seduction, but it was the exemplar of a Savior who would die so that we might live. And of course the Apostle John makes this explicit in John chapter 3. And that's why I say we always need to leave the magnifying glass in the hands of the New Testament writers. So if you want to understand what's going on in the Old Testament, the New Testament writers 
they quote the Old Testament and they give us a perspective, a God-ordained, a God-inspired perspective on what's going on. So there you have the ultimate in interpretation. I also think it's instructive to note that when the prophet Moses describes Satan in, in the sense of being an ancient serpent, and then the apostle John describes him as an ancient dragon, they're not intending to tell us what Satan looks like. They want to teach us what Satan is like. You know, obviously, uh, dragons are the stuff of mythology, not theology. And if we were to ponder for a moment the notion of Satan as either a slithering snake or as a fire-breathing dragon, we'd not only misunderstand the nature of fallen angels, but we might also suppose that Jesus triumphed over the work of the devil by stepping on the head of a snake, as opposed to understanding this properly, that through his passion on the cross— Jesus overwhelmed the power of the evil one. So Moses is using the symbol of a snake to communicate the wiles of the evil one who deceived Eve through mind-to-mind communication. And by the way, that is precisely the same way that he seeks to deceive you and me today also. In other words, as I've said in my book, The Covering, God's Plan to Protect You from Evil, Satan does, as it were, sit on our shoulder and whisper into our ear. Now, the whisper cannot be heard with the physical ear, but it most certainly can penetrate the ear of the mind. We don't know how that kind of mind-to-mind communication works. We can't say that with a certainty any more than we can tell with certainty how the mind causes the physical synapses of the brain to fire. But that he communicates in that way is indisputable and it is precisely why the Apostle Paul tells us to put on the full armor of God so that we can take our stand against principalities and powers of this dark and evil world. We have an enemy, a world, the flesh, and the devil, but we also have a triune God by which we may always be victorious in the battle over evil. Back in a few minutes, again, the number to dial, triple eight ask Hank. Gay Girl, Good God chronicles Jackie Hill Perry's journey out of a homosexual lifestyle, a much-needed testimony for a time when society has embraced radical changes to traditional views of sexual identity. Jackie Hill Perry didn't write Gay Girl, Good God merely to point out the mistakes of her past, but to shine light on the beauty of a relationship with a good God while helping people understand the realities of same-sex attraction. To receive your copy of Gay Girl, Good God, call 888-7000-CRI and make a gift to support the Christian Research Institute's life-changing outreaches, 888-7000-CRI, or visit us at equip.org. We'll be back in just a moment with more from Hank Hanegraaff.
Anyone who's been paying attention knows there's a war going on, not just on traditional morality, civility, and decency, but even more fundamentally on historic notions of truth. And the enemy isn't just the onslaught of fake news facilitated by a post-truth culture and turbocharged by growing legions of ideological spin doctors. No, the real enemies of truth range from postmodernist convictions that there is no objective truth to militant scientism that claims that only science can determine truth and religion is little more than primitive superstitions. But CRI support team members are not waving a white flag of surrender. They're holding the fort by undergirding every one of Christian Research Institute's mind-shaping and life-changing outreaches 24-7. To learn how you can make a difference and enjoy all the benefits of support team membership, simply visit equip.org. With over half a million copies in print, Hank Hanegraaff's Bible Answer Books were born out of his many years of hosting the Bible Answer Man broadcast. He's taken his on-air answers to questions and chiseled them until only the gems emerge. Questions involving biblical interpretation, cults, science, ethics, apparent contradictions, and much more. This remarkable collection of concise answers is now even better. My goal, says Hank, is to take the complex and make it simple and memorable. Receive your copy of the complete Bible Answer Book Collector's Edition revised and updated as our thank you for your gift by calling 888-7000-CRI and make a gift to support CRI's life-changing outreaches. 888-7000-CRI or visit equip.org. That's equip.org. Jackie Hill Perry used to be a lesbian. In Gay Girl, Good God, she shares her story of embracing masculinity and homosexuality with every fiber of her being. She knew the Christian worldview on sexual identity, but how was she supposed to stop loving women when homosexuality felt more natural to her than heterosexuality ever could? Ultimately, Jackie came face to face with what it meant to be made new. God broke in and turned her heart toward Him right in her own bedroom through the light of His gospel. Read Gay Girl, Good God in order to understand. Read In Order to Hope. Or read In Order, like Jackie, to be made new. To receive your copy of Gay Girl, Good God, call 888-7000-CRI and make a gift to support the Christian Research Institute's life-changing outreaches, 888-7000-CRI, or visit us at equip.org. Let's return to your host, Hank Hanegraaff. Thank you very much, Randy. Over the last few months, Black Lives Matter have been in the news, not as simply a moniker, but as a movement, a movement that is capturing the fancy of Western democracies. And I think this is an alarming, a very, very alarming uh, kind of condition uh, because if you look at what Black Lives Matter stands for as an organization, you find out that not only are they Marxists to the core, they overtly say they're trained Marxists. So this is not a secret or something that they're trying to hide. But they're also utilizing the word crisis that 
that threatens to undo Western civilization in a way to communicate to people without communicating to them. In other words, if you really understood what they, what they upheld in terms of core values, you would likely be shocked. Obviously, I've talked about on the broadcast uh, the fact that they want to disrupt the nuclear family. That's bad enough in and of itself. But they also want to dismantle cisgender privilege. They want to uplift black trans folk, especially black trans women. Now, again, this is not a figment of my imagination. This is spelled out by the organization on their website. But again, the word crisis. A lot of people, when they come across a term like cisgender, don't know what it means. This, this term was actually coined in the, in the 90s to complement and undergird the legitimacy of the word and concept of transgender. You know, trans, the Latin prefix, means beyond or across. So transgender means to move beyond or or to transcend one's biological sex and so become the opposite sex or something else entirely. The Latin prefix cis means on this side. So cisgender means that one's subjective sense of gender corresponds with or is on this same side as one's biological or birth sex. Now, gender. Gender itself has been redefined. It used to mean primarily attitudes, feelings, behaviors typically associated with one's biological sex. But now it largely means gender identity. In other words, a person's self-perception of whether they are male or female, whether they're masculine or feminine, or something else entirely. And then the word sex. It used to mean biological makeup or composition, but now, now it means, well, who knows what. At its core, transgenderism denies that that biological sex is objective and instead simply, well, simply privileges one's subjective self-description of gender identity. So Black Lives Matter is seeking to dismantle cisgender privilege such that to be cisgendered is not normative in any sense better than to be transgendered or to use the slang, trans. Well, throughout history, gender and sex have always been coupled together. So what they're attempting to do is go against the entire wave of history. And unfortunately, today we're falling in the midst of those waves because we've decoupled the two. We've decoupled gender and sex. And in the process, we've altered the meaning of both. Uh, quite a few weeks ago, right here on the Bible Answer Man broadcast, I, uh, I quoted Dr. Paul McHugh. 
He is a distinguished service professor of psychiatrists, or psychiatry, I should say, at Johns Hopkins University, which, uh, which was the hospital which uh, had him as the chief of psychiatry from 1975 to 2001. And in 1979, he actually shut down the gender identity clinic. <laughs> Imagine that. This was a famous clinic, famous for pioneering sex change operations. Now, why did he do that? Was it a whim? No, he did that because from his perspective, as someone who was steeped in the discipline, transgendered men do not become women, nor do transgendered women become men. Instead, they become feminized men or masculinized women. In other words, counterfeits or impersonators of the sex with which they identify. Dr. McHugh went on to say that, in fact, gender dysphoria, the official psychiatric term for feeling oneself to be of the opposite sex, belongs in the family of similarly disordered assumptions about the body, like anorexia or like dysmorphic disorder. And its treatment ought to not be directed at the body as with surgery or hormones any more than one treats obesity fearing anorexic patients with liposuction. The treatment should instead strive to correct the false problematic nature of the assumption and then to resolve the psychosocial conflicts provoking it. That's the real solution, he said. Furthermore, in an article in the Wall Street Journal, he noted that increasingly we see a dangerous and anti-scientific trend toward the outright denial of biological sex. In fact, I should uh, probably quote an article. The authors were Colin Wright and Emma Hilton. And in that uh, article, they, they argue convincingly that this new and popular paradigm is, and, and, and this is how they put it, it's a false paradigm at every conceivable scale of resolution. They go on to say that denying the reality of biological sex and supplanting it with subjective gender identity is not merely an eccentric academic theory. Rather, it raises serious human rights concerns for vulnerable groups. Now, I should say, as president of the Christian Research Institute, that I could not disagree more with many of the worldview perspectives embraced by these two. But they are right to assert that the time for politeness on this issue has passed. Biologists, Medical professionals, they need to stand up for the empirical reality of biological sex. While authoritative scientific institutions continue to ignore or deny empirical facts in the name of social accommodation, it is an egregious betrayal to the scientific community that they represent well, because it undermines public trust in science, and it is dangerously harmful to those most vulnerable. 
Quite frankly, there is no other social justice issue that has so rapidly reached the stage where whole newspapers and magazines and, you know, I could add television broadcasts are, are, are devoted to breathlessly extol its virtues. None more so than the trans issue. The group think that surrounds it is mind-numbing. The ceaseless clamor to change the language that surrounds it. Ferocious. The demand to alter the science in its favor, well, has become downright terrifying. As Douglas Murphy or Murray, I should say, I had him on the podcast not long ago, and you can find that at equip.org. As well noted, trans has become like a battering ram, as though perhaps this is the last thing needed to break down some great patriarchal wall. Maybe further, the last thing that needs to be battered down so Western civilization collapses. Well, it's one thing to curse the darkness, it's another to build a lighthouse in the midst of the gathering storm. And this is always why we ask you to write, read the Christian Research Journal, to listen to the podcasts and the broadcasts, to go to equip.org, to get undiluted truth, to stand with this organization shoulder to shoulder in the battle for life and truth. The battle is raging. Be part, stand with us. You can give in a safe, secure fashion on the web, equipped.org. Out of time for today's broadcast. We'll be back here tomorrow with more of the show. Thank you for listening to the Bible Answer Man broadcast with Hank Hanegraaff. Concerning those struggling with sexuality, you and I have an opportunity to demonstrate the love of Christ and share the life-transforming power of biblical truth. Gay Girl, Good God by Jackie Hill Perry tells a powerful story of transformation and hope that multitudes today urgently need to hear. To receive your copy of Gay Girl, Good God, simply call 888-7000-CRI and make a gift to support the Christian Research Institute's life-changing outreaches, 888-7000-CRI, or visit us at equip.org. That's equip.org. You can also write CRI at Post Office Box 8500, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28271. The Bible Answer Man broadcast is funded solely by listeners like you. We're on the air because truth matters and life matters more. wolves surrounding the Christian flock is growing, and they relish nothing more than docile sheep utterly incapable of defending themselves. From militant secularists at home to militant Islamists abroad, the assaults on biblical Christianity are growing dangerously. But Christian Research Institute support team members aren't in favor of feeding these wolves. Instead, each day they're making possible an array of outreaches that defang these wolf packs with solid arguments and evidence that have stood the test of time. What's more, support team members are equipping themselves with CRI's Equipping Essentials, a hand-picked collection of the best apologetics tools around. Your selection of resources, along with a complimentary subscription to the Christian Research Journal, are just our way of saying thanks. To learn more about the benefits of membership, simply visit equip.org. Once again, that's equip.org.
www.ontheroad.org.